I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which this episode is recorded, the Gubby Gubby people. I would also like to acknowledge the First Nations peoples and language groups across this entire nation in which conception, pregnancy and sacred motherhood knowledge has been shared. We pay our deepest respects to their elders past, present and emerging and further extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Hello, hello and welcome. You are listening to the Oxytocin Hour. I'm your host, Dana. I'm a midwife, mum of five and all-round oxytocin enthusiast. People are all too willing to share their negative experiences of conception, pregnancy, labour, birth and beyond. The Oxytocin Hour is your safe haven, filled with positive experiences from mums, dads, doulas, midwives and everyone in between. Each week we will release a new episode with the intent to uplift and inspire you. Thank you so much for joining me here today. Now, let's get into today's episode. This and every episode of the Oxytocin Hour is strictly for entertainment purposes and is not to be used as medical advice. Welcome back to another episode of the Oxytocin Hour. On today's episode, our guest is Michelle Palacia. She's a mother of two, stepmother of three, grandmother of three, a keeper of birth, an amazing friend, and all-round absolute badass. Thank you for joining me. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. And yes, thank you for that amazing intro. (laughs) Did you like that? I loved that. I was like, yes. <laughs> yes, bitch, I am. Um, I'm really, really excited to have you on today's episode because, I mean, we speak very often on the phone and often I think how amazing would it be if we just recorded these phone conversations? Oh, me too. Me too. And I'm so glad that we're doing this today. It's been such a fiery week. And I'm glad that just before you did say, hold on, hold on, we need to start recording because we started chatting before. Oh, yeah. We started dropping some fire and it's like, oh, hang on a second. Let's just record this and see where we go. Absolutely. Um, So today's episode is going to be completely unscripted. um, And if you've clicked on the episode to listen, you would know that the topic is on birth trauma and birth trauma awareness week, etc. because this will be dropping at the very end of birth trauma awareness week, 2023 in Australia. Um, so I guess it was a pretty timely release. Absolutely. It's been a bit of a fiery week and I feel like it's really good to wrap up birth trauma awareness week with our chat. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, we're going to be having some conversations about perinatal mental health, um, all the things, just all the things, basically. We'll just see how we go and yeah. get into it. So, yeah, what are we going to talk about? Mm. How do we feel about mm. Birth Trauma Awareness Week in general? Mm. I'm just going to share my immediate thoughts and feelings that come through for me Mm. in regards to birth trauma awareness week and it really um boils my blood to be honest and pisses me off that 
um, there's so much concentration on awareness of birth trauma. And while I absolutely honour that there needs to be awareness continually, it shouldn't be focused on a week, but my main concern and focus is what are we doing after the awareness is there? Absolutely. You know, in regards to supporting these women, but also my main focus is in regards to the perpetrators, like where is the accountability Mm-hmm. When are we going to start laying criminal charges? Yeah. When is shit going to start getting serious about birth trauma? Yeah. Instead of just having this awareness week and talking about it and talking about how awful it is and horrific it is, which it absolutely is. I'm not taking away from that at all. I'm just done with these perpetrators getting away with this shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. It is sanctioned violence and abuse against women. And these perpetrators are protected and I'm so over it. Like heads need to start rolling. You know, it's happening. While we're sitting here recording this podcast, it's happening. It's happening. literally happening to women. They're being left traumatised. Men are being left with PTSD. And these men and women are being left believing that that is birth and that that is all part of it. And it's just simply not true. And then we've got these obstetricians and medwives and care providers walking away just feeling like they've done their job and that's part of their job. And when we have a look look at the whole of it, they're talking about how they need training to humanely support people during birth. Mm. Like, fuck off. (laughs) No, you don't need to be trained to um be a human like just to be a person yes I know it's someone humanely and with respect yes and during the most vulnerable time of their life if you have to be trained how to do that there's there's a bigger problem that we're not looking at absolutely that's so true everything Mm. you just said I completely agree with um I have the same feeling about it everything as well Um, I understand there's a lot of people out there that are like obviously all for birth trauma awareness week and like you just said it's not that you're anti birth trauma awareness in general either Mm. and it's a very important thing like people need to be aware that this is happening to women and and you know their partners that are present as well but where do we go beyond that it's like there's it's I don't know, as soon as the week is over, it kind of sits in the back of everyone's mind. Like, yes, we know it exists, but that's it. Like, that's sad. Exactly. Let's stop it. And also there's a massive focus on helping to heal people after, you know, they go through go through it, go through that experience, which, of course, is vitally important. Like, that's a massive priority. But I'm with you here and I, you know, I think you would agree that that focus, well, there needs to be more focus on let's just stop it entirely so that we don't have to heal people from this. Exactly. Exactly. There's so much focus on the healing and absolutely I'm not taking away from that. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. But the focus is being taken away from the perpetrators. Mm. Like. They're just getting away with this. 
and it's yes. just continuing and if anything it's getting worse and I for one do not believe in the stat of one in three women oh, I, yeah. I, that's absolute bullshit like I would say it's closer to two in three and I'm not a stats person, but if when you sit back and listen to women's stories, mm. you yourself will feel that it's more than one in three. Yeah, yep. One in three is the women who actually report. There's That's so exactly many right. that don't. Mm. So many. So believing that one in three stat, it's just sort of you've got your head in the sand if you if you think that it's really one in three. It's like no. it's at least one in three. <laughs> like yeah. that's the yeah absolutely that's absolutely. the people that, that can like actually um identify that they have birth trauma and yes. then report it also so yes. there's obviously that I mean maybe it's not so obvious to some people but there would be a group of women that don't want to report that they've gone through that for whatever reason then there would also be a group that, yeah, don't even know that what they experienced was trauma. Exactly. And that usually comes from the care provider because usually when something does happen and the woman isn't um, feeling in alignment with what has happened, mm. From my experience, because I've been to a couple of these, care providers in a hospital will invite the woman into a meeting and it just blows my mind that this meeting is conducted in the place where the abuse happened, for one, so the yeah. woman, woman has to go in there. She can have it via phone if, if she wants to, but the ones that I've been to are in the hospital. Yeah. And these women are gaslit into believing that it was just a part of birth what happened it was just a part of birth so then they walk away and that's it they don't go further and they don't report it further to APRA they don't report it further to the HCCC they do nothing more with it because they they're left believing oh well that was just part of birth yeah I just have to move on and move through and then they're going on with their lives and they they don't understand what's happening in their mind and in their body and it's the trauma yes Actually, I love that you just brought up body because, and this could, I mean, I could, we could probably speak on a, a whole other episode ab about this, mm. but like, even if in your mind, like it's, it's kept into your subconscious or you're just like pushing it to the back, your body will keep the score. Like your oh. body, it will present in other ways, right? Absolutely. Mm, 100% so it does. Yeah. 100%. Um, what else have you sort of, I, I was just thinking about when you were saying that you've attended, mm. what else have you sort of witnessed from care providers? Um, maybe if it wasn't even to the point of, this was when you used to attend hospital births, of course, so, yeah. so you don't anymore. Do you want to share like why that is? Yeah, I think it's been almost two, two and a half years since what? I, it? I know, <laughs> Oh Since God. I chose to no longer attend planned hospital births. Yes. And that absolutely came about because I felt like I was a part of the problem in mm -hmm. terms of uh, what happens in there and um, the coercion and all of that sort of thing. If you can visualise, like, I saw myself as though I was holding the hands of women, leading them into that place 
that um, inflicts so much trauma on women and I, I, I'm not okay with that. Yeah. I'm not okay with that. And after attending so many um, free births and home births, I absolutely realised, hang on, what's happening in there has got mm. absolutely nothing to do with the act of birth. It's all about what's done to women while they during the act of birth. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. But women and men are being left believing that that's all just part of birth and it's just, it's not. It's absolutely not. Do you find that most of your clients are first-time mums or do, could you sort of separate, if you had to, do you think that you would be able to separate your clients into like groups of people? Like you'd have first time mums that have always wanted to birth outside of the system. What would be another group? Like, do you have people that have already birthed in hospital and then thought, oh, next time I'd like to just birth at home or it, what, mm. is, what sort of is, yeah, the standout? Yeah. So there's, generally the two groups so there's the first time mums who have an innate feeling that yeah no I'm birthing at home like that they're getting those messages from their baby immediately and they're listening I'm birthing at home and whether that comes from what they've heard from other women's stories about birthing at hospital I'm in a hospital I'm not too sure of the percentage, but I would say that there's a high percentage there that they're listening to other women's stories and just like, no, I don't want to be, you know, brutalized in a hospital. So I'm, I'm going to birth at home. Mm. Some who just, like I said, innately are following their baby. And then there are women who have birthed in hospital and have been left with trauma and are just like, I am not going back there again. Yeah. I am birthing at home. And that is a majority of the women that I support. Mm. And it's due to what's been done to them during birth in hospital. That is why they do not want to go there to birth their baby. They just don't. So to be violated and abused to that extent, and yet these perpetrators are still walking around, like, that it just blows my mind and it pisses me off to no extent. So that's all that is why this whole birth trauma awareness week shits me to no end. <laughs> like it just sometimes I can't even get my words together because it just pisses me off because I'm like we said at the start, I'm absolutely all for the awareness. Yes, but we need to do better for women. We need to do better for mothers. We need to do better for the men who are witnessing this as well. It's and like babies. Like, yes. Ah. Yes, of course. Yes. Like it's, this is, we, you know, these people are doing this to babies and to women and leaving them traumatised and walking away, mm. getting a pat on the back by their colleagues, being protected by their colleagues and looked up towards by their colleagues like it's just it's sickening I've been in the hospital obviously like I'm sure people listening would know that I am a midwife and that I've previously worked in in hospitals and from my personal experience 
I don't know a single midwife that hasn't been present at an event in a hospital where something traumatic has happened to a woman or baby Mm. Um, and where they haven't felt that it was like okay does that make sense like every single one I know has has been there and been like oh fuck like that was awful yep but I mean and some people do take things further they'll be like whoa that was like blatantly not okay um especially if there's been a physical outcome of the trauma Mm. but when it's something that's more likely to be psychological and and something that will unfold in the in the coming weeks months years to come for these families I feel like it's way less likely to be um, acted upon or reported and even to the point of like these people working in the hospitals I, I will speak more so for midwives it's almost like you just it because it's because of the culture in the hospital it's played down so much and you just get used to it and I know this from when I've worked at hospital like pretty much full time and I'm just there 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 seeing all this stuff you know happen quite frequently like it's not a rarity by any means in a hospital um And then I've taken like leave. So let's just say I've had four weeks off to go on holidays. When I come back from that, it's a, it's a big shock. It's like another culture shock. Yeah. Not just for being like, oh yeah, this is crazy because I've had all this time off and now I'm like, I'm seeing this with a bit fresher eyes again. It's also me going, holy shit, before I went on leave, there were definitely instances when I witnessed some really fucked up things and and it was like my reaction or my emotions towards it were dulled. Yes. And that comes from being around it so often. Yeah. Um, and I want people that are listening to understand that. Like <clears throat> that's the disconnection starting, right? Yes. There was a huge disconnect. And whereas you were able to recognize that and go, and your conscience, you know, was so high that you were able to go, hang on, this isn't right. Yeah. Whereas for the midwives, obstetricians, care providers in there that just continue on, like they their disconnection just it just there's a disconnection with hu- humanity. Mm, it just becomes stronger and stronger. I feel, well, in my personal opinion, if I had stayed in, in the hospital any longer, I know that that disconnect would become, like, bigger. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely it would have, you know, and you would have just gone in there day in, day out, thinking nothing, nothing of it, and yet we're out here seeing the repercussions of, of what that's doing. Mm. And it's, it is an absolute violation of humanity. Yeah, It really is. And human rights. I was just about to say, it's a human rights and a public health issue. And I guess, yeah. It absolutely is. It's out of control. The first step is awareness. The first step is being like, hey, guys, this is happening to women, babies and their families. And, And people going, whoa, that's really messed up. And then what? Exactly. That's where we're at. And then what? Because we absolutely acknowledge, great, have the awareness. 
That is the first step. But all we're seeing year after year after year is the first step. And then mm. boom, like you said, the week goes and then there's nothing. It's no. there in the background, but we're just still at step one. It's like, come on, let's take it further past step one. I so agree with you. I think this is where, and I hope you don't mind me bringing it up. No. In, you know, every birth, I don't know how long we've been like friends for on Instagram mm-hmm. or anything, but it's it's been years. And so every year when this week comes around, you will always share your thoughts, of course. And mm. I feel like you are pretty notorious for saying exactly what you think in a way that really does trigger people. But I think it's a good thing, like, because it's mm. just, it's not um, sugarcoated. Like you don't say yeah. things in a roundabout way. You're just saying the thing. And every year that comes around and this week comes around, you'll share your thoughts on it. Ultimately, I will witness that there's people that come into your comments and will be in massive disagreements with what you're saying or, and even accuse you of being X, Y, Z, you know. Yes. So what are your thoughts around that? Well, whenever that happens, I always have a look at the person and inevitably it is either a midwife or a care provider or someone involved uh, within the system. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter how deep they are. If they're paying registration to APRA, they're in the system. Yeah. And so if those sort of people come into the comments and are super triggered by me sharing openly my thoughts and the truth about birth trauma and that it is a uh, result of obstetric violence and abuse. Mm. And when I say obstetric, it doesn't mean just ob- obstetricians. It means care providers in the maternity sector. Yes, yes, in the medicalised yeah. model. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's usually a midwife that will come in triggered and just sort of saying, well, this is where it starts, you know, at least the obstetricians and um, um, midwives, you know, they're, they're doing their best. And I call bullshit on that. They're not doing their best. Mm-hmm. They're absolutely not doing their best. And if I have care providers come in and comment like that and are super triggered, it just shows me their um, allegiance and that's with the perpetrators. Right. It absolutely is. You can't be one or the other. Mm. You can't be with women or with the perpetrator. You can't be both. You have to be one or the other. Yeah. And are we with women or are we not with women? Yeah. And that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah. And like I was sharing with you just before, um, I think it was last year, Australian Birth Trauma Association, I think it is. Okay. They blocked me um, because I think I called them out on something about birth trauma and just how, you know, the awareness was, I was just over the awareness, where are we going to go from here, and an immediate block. And it's like, okay, well, that that says a lot. Yeah, I think that's not going the right way about it at all Um, because that's what I was going to say to you. I'm like, was it even that, like, did you share something in your stories or in your feed and they've just seen it and blocked you? But, yeah, so you've come and you've obviously said something that's been whatever. I think I did share something and I might have even tagged them. I don't know. Like people get so (laughs) butthurt about stuff. It's like, oh, my God. But it just shows the allegiance and especially when groups like that and other big groups have such a reach and a say Mm. 
it's like they could actually take it further, but I feel like they missed the mark so many times. Okay, yeah. And that also shines a light on their allegiance as well. I'm really hoping that if anyone's listening that has like anything to do with not just that organisation but like any, really sort of take that into account and and instead of um, feeling really like a a motive or reactionary to what you've just said because I'm aware that what you've just said could be like super triggering. Yeah. To really look at it objectively Mm -hmm. and try to like use that as – okay, right, that was, yeah, probably not a good reaction. Like I'm understanding what you're saying. And and it's it's not even like you're saying oh, this whole birth trauma thing shit or people that work within like specifically around birth trauma, they're doing a shit job. It's not that at all. So it's like can you look past that and go, hang on, yeah, what you're saying is you are for women. You care about these women that are being traumatised and you, your perspective is you would like to see more beyond just being aware while still acknowledging that awareness is, is a vital part mm-hmm. of people healing from birth trauma and eradicating trauma happening or at least severely reducing the fact that one in three women, side note, probably more, are being traumatised. Exactly. And mm. actually looking at... Uh, how trauma comes about like yes. for an example coerced consent is not consent mm-hmm. like if you're coercing a woman into doing something that she doesn't want to do but you want her to do and she consents if you've used coercion it's not consent do you want to give um, an example of something you've witnessed as that like for anyone that's listening that's like yes you know, yes yeah and the one that comes to my mind is always the dead baby card Mm-hmm. So if you don't do X, Y, Z, so I, I can give a very clear example right. um, of a hospital birth that I was supporting and mum was told, if you don't consent to us doing a vaginal exam, you can't get in the birth pool, in the bath. Right. Because she wanted to have a water birth and she wanted the water. So one, they're using coercion for consent to do a vaginal exam. Mm-hmm. Two, they are not allowing her to have pain relief, which to me is against human rights. Yes, and and Uh, it actually is. It actually is. Yes. So not allowing. And there's no, like, having that, in inverted commas, policy. Mm -hmm. You know, it came from a head midwife. She came in because, you know, um, mum looked as though she, she was just a naughty girl and not following what they were wanting her to do yes um and mum ended up just birthing in the shower because she was just like I'm not moving and I'm not allowing you to have Mm -hmm. a um do a um vaginal exam she didn't want one yeah but there's many instances where they're coerced into that so coerced consent is not consent and a vaginal exam if we have a look at it if that's done without consent that is rape yes yeah that is hands down sexual assault. It is rape. There may be people even listening to this that aren't even that has had that happen to them that not have a feeling that that wasn't right, but yes. aren't even aware that 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 is obstetric rape. Yes, absolutely. Because they're gaslit afterwards and they're told, "Well, we had to do that to see where your baby was at." No, you didn't. You actually didn't. I actually that didn't. Know that happened to me. 
Mm. Um, and because I've already released an episode about Max's birth, mm-hmm. but I was essentially um, coerced into having a vaginal examination and in a completely low risk, quote unquote, pregnancy, mm. you know, everything was textbook. Um, and I've turned up to hospital at 39 weeks and six days, like in spontaneous labor, blah, blah, blah. And they've just strapped me to a CTG and just left me there for hours. Um but yeah, I distinctly remember, and I, I think this is a really, a really great, um, what do you call it, example, mm-hmm. where I'm laying on the bed still. I'm I'm in, you know, the orc, the obstetric yes. review center. So I'm still in there for hours because I didn't have a birth suite free, and I didn't oh. have a midwife caring for me. So I'm just on there with the CTG on, which was my midwife. You know what I mean? Mm. And. I remember that like a young doctor entering the room. So whether they, I don't know if they're like a med student or like a resident or something, but there was definitely like a higher up doctor with them. And they were essentially just like, yeah, we need to do a vaginal examination. And I remember being like, really? Like, do you need to? Because I feel like things are still happening. And, And they're just like, yeah, we do. And so me being... Yeah, so I was a teenager at the time. I'm just like, yeah. oh, okay, because I'm laying on the bed strapped to their medical equipment with these doctors standing above me telling mm. me how to do something. Like as at that point I was just like, oh, okay. Um, and so, yeah, so this the younger doctor did it and it was so painful and I started having a contraction at the time. And instead of him, I I – it's very like fuzzy in my brain because it was almost 15 years ago. But I remember being like, oh, no, 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 stop. But he just left his fingers in there. That's rape. Yeah. And then being like, okay, now that's gone. Oh, yeah, you're seven centimeters. No shit. Like I'm actually having a baby. Right. Um. So, yeah, that's. When this is covered up and this is fluffed over. That's when it's not okay. That's when these perpetrators are protected. They're protected by the system and it is sanctioned. Mm. But the thing is the doctor that did that, so being a young doctor as well, no fucking idea that that's not okay. Exactly. He's trained. Yeah, when there's an older. And this is why obstetricians are calling for training on how not to treat women like that no fuck off that's not our job to do that that's not our job to train you how to treat us humanely go back and fix what you've been taught what you've been taught and what you've been trained don't put it on us to tell you how to treat us humanely Mm. and how not to rape us yeah like that's not our job it's a culture and a systemic issue that that definitely needs to be yeah, that needs to be fixed. Absolutely, but, it is. But it's, Absolutely. It's not like, yeah, it, I mean, I'm guessing if that's what his training was like from the beginning and, and he's having someone like, you know, older, or more, more experienced, whatever, standing next to him and not saying a word, I'm pretty sure that guy was like, no, no, just like, just stay in there. You know what mm. I mean? Yeah. Then, that's then how he's been to do it. He's going to go on and on and on and do that because that's ingrained in his mind. I oh, know. Keep our fingers in there, even though she's saying stop, even though she's saying no. Just keep our fingers in there. 
it's all okay because we're the authority here. Because mm. we're the authority. No. And it needs to shift back to being the authority as the woman and, and full stop. Oh, absolutely. No and there is none of that in the system. Yep. There is none of that in the system. I'm actually, while we're talking, I'm thinking also about partners too. Yes. Because it, it is definitely, especially in the hospital system, so like you said that they were talking to you, at your most vulnerable mm. they're talking to you, when you're not actually in the headspace to give consent, exactly. they're trying to get consent from you. And that's good. that's illegal as well. Yeah. Like if you're not in, in a proper consciousness to give consent, you can't give consent. Yeah. Right? But I've definitely witnessed as well where um, mum was not giving consent for something. Dad went to the toilet. The care providers um, cornered him in the hallway mm-hmm. and had said to him, if you don't get her to do what we need her to do, your baby's going to die. Right. And how, and what and what did he do? Like what? So he went back in yeah. and sort of said, "Oh, look, I think I think that you should probably think about what they're saying." And she she was on it. She said, "Do not. I'm I'm losing you now. I need your support. No, they've gotten to you." So that's the extent what of what, where they'll go to. He just said, okay, okay, yep, 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 no, no, I'm with you. I'm I'm going to support everything that you want. But she oh. had to consciously come out of where she was going to not only protect herself from a care provider but then protect herself from her husband who she knew that she was losing to them. Yeah. They know what they're doing. It's, it's, um, it's psychological warfare in there mm-hmm. and they know what they're doing. They're trained to do it. They need to do the. They need to do some serious untraining. It pisses me off when they say we need to hear from women and how they want to be treated. Fuck off! It's not our job to do that. It's but not our job. No, to do that. That's the thing. And like as I, you know, as I said, me working in a hospital, we do know what women want. It's yeah. pretty freaking obvious as on a on a hu- human level. Mm-hmm. Um, the for, this is my personal opinion. The policies that govern healthcare providers in a hospital has them at a chokehold, and it's like if the woman does something that's outside of whatever the policy is, everyone loses their fucking mind, um, mm-hmm. and will sort of err on the side of hey how can we like get them to see that this is our policy and blah 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 and then when they get a woman to actually do the thing it's like oh sigh of relief exactly because they don't give a shit about the woman they give more of a shit about the policies and about um it's all about fear of litigation right the bottom line the bottom line is that isn't it Absolutely. Um, it's not about the woman and what the woman wants. It's about them losing control and being reprimanded and fear of litigation. Mm-hmm. And yes, their biggest fear is a dead baby. And they'll do everything that they can to avoid that, even if it means um, creating a problem 
where a baby could potentially die and that they do die. Yes. So they yep. do all of that to avoid it. They they just got to have control all the time mm. over birth, over women, over babies. And this is like a systemic problem in society anyway. Oh, but yeah. it, 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 runs, it runs much deeper than the hospital, doesn't it? Like, yeah. Absolutely. We could go so much further into that. Mm. But, yeah, the bottom line is, yeah, it is, it's a systemic issue. Um, yeah. And also when we're talking in terms of policy, I remember like years ago having this discussion with another midwife about how we, like with our registration and stuff, we should actually be answering or like um, adhering to evidence. Like that's actually part of of our code of ethics is that we're mm. practicing in accordance with best evidence and sometimes and often, no, maybe not oftentimes, but like, yeah, there's definitely instances where the policies in the hospitals don't actually match up with, with the latest best evidence and in that case we're actually supposed to adhere to the evidence not the policy and the problem that I was seeing often was people adhering to the policy not the evidence yeah not best practice not what what Mm -hmm. we know to be best for women and don't even get me started on you know what the policies were about like for instance with if we're talking big babies small babies and being like um, you know, having a chart there and saying if the baby's born at this many weeks and it's this size, we strongly suggest that you have um, glucose testing on the baby, like heel pricks. Yeah. And I remember this one time having like this Nepalese couple, they had their baby at, you know, 39 weeks, 40 weeks, whatever. And she was a quote unquote little baby. <laughs> But when you look at the parents, they're like tiny, like exactly. tiny. And it's like, you know, I'll I'll have a chat to the pediatrician and and be like, really, like, do I have to say, like say to them, hey, your baby's got to go on this blood sugar regime now because they're tiny. And and I'll have the chat with the parents. Do you know what size you were when you were born? And they'll be like, oh yeah, we were like two kilos. Yeah. Exactly. None of that is taken into consideration. They don't take it into. So the pediatrician will be like, "Oh yeah, no." But if you look at the chart, I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Is this on Nepalese people? Right. Or is this like larger white? Yes. Like who 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 is this chart based on? And they'll exactly. and they more often I can't tell you, mm. but sometimes it'll be like, "Oh, you know what?" It it very often probably it's probably not on Nepalese or like smaller people, right. smaller statured people. And so then I'll be like, is there any leeway? Well, no, that's the policy. And who created that chart? Right. Oh, well, don't, <laughs> nobody knows. It's just made its way into the system. And then on the opposite end of the scale, um, you know, like me being Samoan and seeing like Islander couples or, you know, one person's Islander or whatever, or even yeah. African if they've had bigger babies, it's the other mm. end of the scale. Oh, no, that baby's huge. Is it, though? And then I, like, you know, speak to the yeah. families about what size babies they all have. They're all over four kilos. Like, yeah. 
and then uh, so this heel print could, it, it, it can flow into other stuff and that's where trauma can happen as well like the birth might have been good but then mm-hmm. their stay in hospital m- might be completely derailed by a shitty chart based on white people exactly mm. and no doubt created by some old white man yeah <laughs> and we're not anti-white people <laughs> we're not anti-white people we're white I mean but I'm white. whatever I really want people that <laughs> just a little like yeah service announcement Michelle is white okay but they usually are right these things are usually created by old white men mm. many 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 years ago and nothing's been updated. And people just continue to be like, I just remember being gobsmacked. Like, are we going to change? Like, c- could we create different charts for like different ethnicities? Like, I don't know what's going on here, but this How doesn't seem to chart? Mm-hmm. How about we drop the charts and stop looking at numbers and Oh, they wouldn't know. They wouldn't know right? what to do with themselves. That's <laughs> What are you then going to document? How are you then going to control women if you can't do it with a machine? Yeah, honestly, like I know people definitely look at things that I post and things that you post and be like, oh, they're over the top or, you know, that's a bit far, that's a bit harsh. Mm. No, it's not. Mm. And the thing too that pisses me off is that, I have been, I've been at, and I know she won't mind me saying, but I've been at my daughter-in-law's birth, Mm -hmm. my second um, grandbaby, and it was a hospital birth, Mm -hmm. and she had a beautiful, beautiful midwife who absolutely protected that space Mm. and intercepted the obstetricians in the hallway before they came in. So no one else came into that space. And this midwife just did her thing on the computer, like did her notes, nothing. My Mm. daughter-in-law had a beautiful birth. Yeah. And so I know that it's possible. I absolutely know it's possible and it just pisses me off that it's not being done, you know. Control is being taken away. So it's sort of like when I, you know, I I understand that some people feel safer birthing in hospital, Mm -hmm. but generally speaking, I don't believe it's a safe place to birth. Yeah. But I do, that's why it pisses me off because I know that it's possible. Yes. To have a safe birth in hospital. Mm. And that's not on the women, it's on the care providers. That's, yes, that's exactly right. Because, yeah. like, I've, yeah, I've, I mean, I've, whenever I have been the midwife at a birth, I've tried so hard to, to keep, you know, keep that space yes. safe. I know that you would have. Yeah, which is great. But you know what? I, I can speak so candidly about this. It's so fucking mentally draining. Oh. Absolutely. It's hard. it's hard to walk into that space and be yeah. like, okay, I need to, you know, put my armor on and protect this woman, her family, and her baby. And not only that, the repercussions that you get from your colleagues as well. Oh, yeah. You're in the line, and then you're on the outer because you actually are there to be with women and to unfortunately protect women. Yes. Like you would have been on the outer. Yeah. Well, it, it's funny you say that because 
there was a time when I began like my first year at hospital um, and I came in with very much the mentality of like, you know, and, and a, a lot of a lot of student midwives now, like fresh baby midwives, <laughs> have the same thought process of like birth is a natural physiological like experience that you go through, blah, 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 protect the space, protect the space. And then you go, you start in the hospital and I feel like your very first day there and every day after, it starts chipping away at you, like the mm-hmm. culture and, and all that sort of stuff. And I actually got to the point where I was like, hey, I'm going to start studying nursing after doing midwifery because I was seeing so much, like, stuff. (laughs) I'm trying to not use, like, medical terminology too much. Mm. I was seeing all these extra things that were happening to women, like, in the hospital. And it's like I started to believe that, you know, this is just what it's like these days. Like women do have all these additional like um, high risky things attached to them. Yes. But then, you know, and I started studying nursing and blah, blah, blah. Like I liked it, but I was like, oh my gosh, I I don't want to be an RN. I still want to be a midwife. And then I thought, oh, it's not that I I don't want to be a midwife. I don't want to be a midwife in this system. Mm Mm-hmm. It's really interesting, like the journey that I went on from being like everything's natural to like, oh, yes. no, it's not. And I'm like, yes, it actually is. It's just the system. That's not. And, I, and I feel like that would be the way for a lot of midwives that step into midwifery. Yes. Like they would be thinking, yes, I want to be with woman and support a woman during her birth. They're not signing up to eventually sell their soul mm. and be part of the problem. Of that course. is, you know, yeah. no, everyone's well meaning. Yeah. But there, become, there comes a, like a fork in the road mm. and they then do decide like your conscience, you listen to your conscience and you couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. You know, like yeah. what you were seeing and what you were hearing and what you were feeling within your body from what you were witnessing, you knew wasn't right. Yeah. And there's a lot of midwives in there who feel that as well, but they ignore it. Yes. And then they get caught up and swept up in that hierarchy and that, in inverted commas, authority. Yes. Women. Not being with women, being over them and being in control of them is what's mm. happening. Yeah. And also I think there's another group, probably a very small group of midwives that um, are aware of, like, you know, the culture and everything happening mm. in there and the abuse and the trauma, but feeling back into a corner with, you know, work or whatever is happening in their lives, but thinking that they can remain in the system as like one of the good ones and to mm-hmm. change the system. Mm-hmm. I've, the amount of times I've heard these midwives say, I'm going to try to change the system mm-hmm. from the inside out. And I, and I used to be one of them. And mm-hmm. then I remember having this like ping, like this light bulb moment where I was like, holy shit, I can't because it's not broken. It was designed this way. It's working perfectly and it will never change. It will never change in there. That's how it's designed to function. (laughs) It's getting worse. It's not getting better. Yeah. It is never, the system is never going to change because like you said, it's working perfectly. 
Mm, it's working exactly as it was designed to work like what exactly and I'm like if all these midwives and doctors as well like I've honestly met some really amazing doctors and it's not like shitting on every healthcare professional being like Mm -hmm. uh you suck but it's like can we please like just open your eyes and be like this is whoa this actually yeah well they're the ones who okay so if we do have the good ones in there they're the ones who need to speak up against Mm. their colleagues they need to speak up and say whoa that's fucked up that's not okay Mm. that's actually not okay so they can actually make a difference in there in terms of the way that um they're looked upon by their colleagues yeah they can speak up they can they have that choice they could have some impact, I suppose. They can have some impact. The like only change, but yeah. they can have an impact instead of staying quiet. The only thing I think is that I can't see them remaining in the system doing that for long term because it it seems as though it would just be so exhausting. Oh, it'll burn them out. And that's what's happening. And then they get burnt out and then they either stay in the system and just become one of the ones that, you know, turn a blind eye or whatever yeah or they leave completely and uh like traumatize themselves because birth trauma 100% happens to midwives witnessing stuff as well absolutely and they're walking around with it and then they go into the next birth and they take that in there there yeah there's so many midwives in the system like they they are carrying that in their bones Mm. that trauma that they witness and they don't even realize they wonder why they've got sore joints and stuff it's because of all that fucked up shit that they witness it is sits in their bones and then they take it into the next birth and then there's some more there that they consume and they absorb into their spirit Mm. you can see it in their eyes like they're so over it that they shouldn't be in there yeah they're so messed up yes yeah yeah this is like it is a human rights issue and um, ah, it's just getting worse and worse and the effect that it's having on women physically, spiritually and emotionally and not just women, babies that are yes. coming through. Yes. Like the effect on them, it is fucked up what we're doing to humanity. And, and how do people think, this is one thing that really gets to me as well, if this, if we know that babies are impacted um, when they're in the womb by, you know, outward, you know, external things, stimuli, mm-hmm. and if we know that, like, yeah, what if mums are feeling a certain emotion that that impacts the baby? Yeah. How do we not understand that? So this baby's being impacted by the trauma that's going on. They're born into the world. This then can affect their bonding and everything else moving mm-hmm. forward. How do we not understand that this is impacting these babies across their entire life course as children, as teenagers, as adults? Like, Absolutely. It's, it affects um, everything. What happens in those moments during birth and immediately after affect a person for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. But there is the disconnect is so thick in there the brainwashing, like these people who are doing this are so disconnected from humanity and consciousness, they're not even aware. No. no they're no, so no. brainwashed. Yeah, no they're they're not actually here with us. 
Yeah. They're somewhere else. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's such an important thing to consider. And, like, if anyone's hearing this and be like, holy shit, I didn't consider that. Well, I'm glad you're considering it now because that's why I feel like that's why you and I are so passionate about it. It's not just, like, as long as I really hate hearing as long as you have a healthy baby because it's, like, that should be the bare minimum that a mum and a baby come away from birth alive. Mm. That's that's the very bare minimum. We need people that are healthy physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually and thriving. That's what we want. Absolutely. And Um, not just have their spirit and their soul sucked out of them during mm. birth, which is what happens in hospitals and with some care providers. Yeah. That is what happens. And you can see it in these babies. These babies look different. I'm Mm. telling you now, you can see it in their eyes. When birth is interrupted and there's trauma and there's abuse and there's violence, these babies absorb that when they're born and they carry that on and you can see it in their eyes and it impacts them physically, spiritually, all the things. Their aura is not complete. Their energetic field is not complete and it's traumatised. It's really, really sad to see and it's sad that people, it's not even like people are aware of how this runs. And this is why Birth Trauma Awareness Week pisses me off so much because like we said, yes, I'm all about the awareness, but heads need to start fucking rolling. So what... So now that we've come back to to bringing up, because I'm I'm sure there's a lot of people listening thinking, okay, we understand that you guys mm. yeah. <laughs> are, are, are glad <laughs> that birth trauma awareness exists. Like mm. we're not anti, like it's not a thing. Like stop fucking talking about it. It's like, yeah. okay, but what do we suggest mm. happens moving forward? So if we're saying birth trauma awareness week isn't enough, like yay, mm. I, I actually am mm. glad that it exists but there needs to be more steps taken rather than just acknowledging, yeah, okay, birth trauma awareness is a thing. So what do we suggest then? If we're like sitting here just like critiquing everything, yeah, like what do we bring yeah. to the table in terms of, okay, well, what do you suggest? What do we suggest? Yeah. See, this is where I sit with it as well because I'm like it's all well and good for me to say this is messed up and but what can I do in terms of, you know, the next step. Exactly. What I want to see and what I don't have all the answers for, absolutely, Mm. is what I want to see is workshops and gatherings of how to, a step-by-step process for women to be able to, uh, I don't even want to say lodge a complaint because I feel like complaints just go unheard. Mm. Next steps, like, how do we how do we um get it gain accountability from these perpetrators how do we start processing criminal charges against the how do we like a step by step process mm-hmm. that women can follow to do that yeah yeah and it seems really out of reach for criminal charges cuz these perpetrators are protected within the system so then to go into another system to hold them accountable it just doesn't feel like there's a there's a barrier there there's something missing and often revisiting um you know the events that happened over and over and over again is like re-traumatizing for people as well yes it's a really hard it's hard 
it's hard for women to have to go through but it's kind of it's at the point where it's like well if the people that are you know traumatizing women if they're not actually like being held accountable it's going to continue to happen it absolutely is and they're not being held accountable accountable that's right but also acknowledging the fact that trauma can happen not just at the hands of someone else like some people um i know that someone yeah if i don't i'm not like using any identifying things but i do know a woman um that had a, a traumatizing pregnancy from a condition that she suffered from so it wasn't at mm. the hands of anyone else so mm. it's not like we're saying birth trauma only occurs at the hands of someone else but we're speaking this is what we're speaking on the trauma yes. that is happening as a result of what someone else has done just so I've absolutely yeah and out there. make that clear yeah. that the, the only person that can describe their birth or their pregnancy as trauma is the woman and absolutely. if she says she's um um felt birth trauma then she has yes like it can't be questioned yes absolutely yep that's so true um so i guess like the main point that we really wanted to drive home about is for people to just i guess consider the perspective that birth trauma is a hundred percent a human rights and public health issue but it needs to be consistently raised as the first step of the solution yes so I guess ego aside, the fact that there is questionably one in three women suffering birth trauma mm-hmm. and one in 10, is it, um, obstetric violence? Oh, so, I, that's that's bullshit. I think it's like, but anyway. One in 10, no way. If you'd even listen this week to all the stories, mm. no way it's one in 10. It's yeah. way more than that. Well, that's the purported yeah, and birth anyway. trauma, as what we're talking about, is at the hands of of obstetric violence and abuse. Yes, that's and, what it and, is. And rather than trying to put focus into healing mothers and babies and the families after the fact, although vitally important, yes, that, that should be a priority, absolutely. But eradicating and severely reducing the incidence of such events. Yes. Should remain at the forefront. Yes. So fucking stop abusing women while they're birthing their baby. Yeah. Stop violating them. Mm. Yep. Like stop the vi- like stop the violence. Yes. Instead of us having to pick up the pieces and heal women and do all of that, stop it at the core, at the beginning. Yeah. Just stop fucking doing it. Stop hurting. Stop abusing women. Yeah. Like simple. Yeah. So so keeping quiet, holding back from stating truths like we've just done. So this I know that there's going to be people that listen to this episode going, oh, they're just bitching about all this stuff going on. No, it's actually the truth. It's the truth. And that's when, you know, when people get triggered, uh, like I said, I always have a look and it's always a midwife or a care provider protecting the perpetrator because mm. that's the system that they're in. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, no, you don't get to do that. If you're with woman, you are with woman. Yeah. Yeah, you've got you got to can't be with the perpetrator. It's true. Like um, it, it's absolutely out of control. But yeah, 
we've had enough <laughs> we've we've had enough so we just want people to what we just want them to keep on bringing it up we want people to keep on being informed about what's going on um and for care providers to stop abusing women yeah yep like stop and, and, and don't shut people down that are that are speaking out about their truths of of what's going on with birth trauma yes and and Honestly, just try to be part of the positive change because we want to see this happen in our lifetimes. That's one thing mm. I know that we can all agree on is that we want to see women and babies thriving, not just surviving. Absolutely. And I want to see criminal charges laid. Yes, yes. Michelle wants justice. So I want fucking justice and accountability and heads to roll. Yes. And then healing. Absolutely healing for the women. <laughs> um, I just, uh, these people need to be held accountable. Yep. Oh, and I'm going to pop a lot of stuff in the show notes as well. So I'll pop your handle, Michelle, if no one knows who you are, um, which I'm sure if they're listening to my podcast, they're very likely to know who you are, but I'll pop your handles. I'll put um, a few more links and stuff down there for people to explore. Um that should hopefully be helpful to, you know, gain a little bit more insight into the stuff that we're talking about. Um, But I really want to thank you for coming on to this episode and chatting with me because I knew it would be like this. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Thank Um, you so much. And I hope I didn't swear too much, but I can't help it because it just pisses me off to no end. But thank you so much for having me. We can feel the passion. (laughs) Good. Fired up now. (laughs) (laughs) Off you go into the world. All right. Okay. Well, hopefully, we'll have you back on another episode to speak on some other stuff as well. But yeah, I would love to. I'd absolutely love to. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you'd like to share the love or get in contact with us for feedback or a chance to be a guest on the show, you can contact us at www.daisy.com.au. That's www.daisy.com.au.